0: Good morning, Misfits. Good morning, Misfit. Welcome to Morning Meeting for Friday, April 10th. And we have another special guest today. Two days in a row, we are on fire.
1: I know, it's awesome. We have Jessica Campbell here. Jessica, you want to introduce yourself Yay. quickly?
2: I'm Jessa. I'm a third grade teacher at Greer Elementary. Jessica's going to be sharing some
0: really, really cool resources. But first, we're going to tell the joke and she's going to laugh really loudly because it's so
1: good. All right, do you want to do the riddle first or the joke?
0: Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Okay, so our riddle yesterday what can you hear but not see or touch even though you control it? Nobody attempted this one yet, at least. Jessa, Miss Bitt, do you have any guesses? What can you see? What can you hear but not see or touch even though you control it?
1: This one eluded me. Ooh,
2: is this your breath?
0: Oh, you're so like that could really do it i the vo- the answer that i found was your voice but ah. i oh she's good <laughs> <laughs> so your voice or your breath very nice
1: cool, cool cool all right here's a joke what does the ocean do when it sees its friends what does it do it waves from six feet away of course <laughs> very good a timely touch thank you like my little addition there or maybe it wears gloves <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh thanks miss bit sure we've got some bright spots to share today we do do you want to go first Sure, um, I'm really excited. Our amazing parents association at school got together and bought all of the faculty and staff that were interested a meal to say their thanks for what we've done in distance learning so far. And I have been just absurdly excited about it all week. That's what I'm doing when we finish recording. I'm gonna shut everything down and go to the school to pick up my meal, and I'm I can't wait. Um, we're going to eat without having to cook tonight, and it's going to be fabulous. So, if you're, any, if any parents are listening, thank you so much. It has been such a, such a bright spot to know that I'm looking forward to someone else's cooking today.
1: <laughs> I know, me too. Maybe I'll see you in your car. Ooh,
0: yay! I'll wave to you from six feet away, like right. Russian.
1: right. Uh, how so about you? My resource is actually from my brother, who's a marriage and family therapist uh, in San Antonio, and he was interviewed by actually the local radio station where we grew up about how people can deal with anxiety during this global pandemic. Mm. Um, and it's just a really, you know, first of all, it's great to hear his voice sharing such good advice, in a very compassionate way. And, it, you know, just listening to it actually calmed me down. And I thought I would share it with others because maybe it would help with things that they're dealing with.
0: I think we're all dealing with anxiety in our own ways. Like maybe you're feeling it, maybe it's affecting your sleep or maybe you're not as hungry or maybe it's harder to focus. You know, it can express itself in lots of different ways, but I feel like everybody could use a little bit of extra help with feeling nervous or on edge right now.
2: How about you, Jessa? Do you have a bright spot to share? Yeah, I'm really excited and really nervous about Artisans Learning starting next week. We've kind of been reviewing some stuff and connecting with families and now we're pushing forward with new curriculum and new learning, and I'm really nervous to get started. It, is ner-
0: it, it feels like everyone is a first-year teacher again, right?
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: It is so weird to step back into those beginner shoes after doing it. Like, I've been a teacher for almost a decade, so I'm like, nothing surprises me. Whatever, bring it on. Nope, then distance learning. <laughs> <laughs> nothing humbles you like having to redo everything you've ever learned.
1: Yeah. But it's going to be great. There's good spots, too. Yeah, so you um, have brought us lots and lots of different resources for folks to try out. Um, thankfully, you're going to be doing most of the show now. So <laughs> let turn it over to
2: Jessa. <laughs> Sounds good. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Sonic Pi app that I've been using with students. It's a free um, music app created by Sam Erin using the code of the language of Ruby. It's super user-friendly. At Greer, I run an after-school program that explores um, music and coding. Students have said that reasons they choose the club is because they love music, they're curious how to code, or they just thought the idea of creating something using technology seemed really cool. And the app itself has various sounds and instruments. It has drums, piano, it has chimes and beeps. It's a really unique and interesting app. This looks
0: so cool. I've never seen this before.
2: Yeah, so just to get started, you download the app. When I first got started, I used the links at the bottom left of the app. It's a little screen that gives you different things you can get acquainted with. There are tutorials, examples, pre-made code you could test out. I think the best thing about the app is that you can explore it at your own pace. So Sam Aaron, he gives a lot of tools to support you to be successful. And when you aren't successful, he has a log on there that actually shows you what line of code needs to be modified so you can try it again.
0: That is so cool.
2: Yeah, and some probably one of my favorite things about Sonic Pi is that it has 10 buffers, so you can overlay music on top of each other. So if you code one thing in one buffer as, say, a drum solo, in the next buffer you can do the same beat in a, as a piano, and you can overlay them, play them together. It's, it's really cool. Unfortunately, the computer I'm on now is my personal computer, and I don't have any of this since I've personally created, but I get on this website called GitHub, and that's, you know, an adult website, so if kids want to view it, they need to go on with adults, because it's an open forum that has different code. That people just connect to give code or give and get feedback on their code the one i have from github right now is the star wars theme song and it's by a man named robin newman who shared through github
1: <laughs> that's bringing back eight bit memories for me <laughs>
2: was great. So yeah it goes through the whole song and it's you know around like over 200 lines of code. Oh my gosh that's what 200
0: lines of code sounds like.
2: Great yeah and I bet it took him hours because the longest thing I've ever coded is in the 70s and that's taken me days to do. Wow
1: but it's so nice to have that like real thing at the end of it that you created. That's really cool.
0: And for me to listen to it and then know that that translates to that much code feels like I'm like looking at computer science backwards, which is very cool as well.
2: So I do have a couple unplugged activities um, for kids to try and at home or at school. I know I've done both of these with my students in my classroom, but families could definitely do these at home as well. I just want to give a little bit of background first about Kind of how I made sense of these unplugged activities, which means, you know, they're activities using computational thinking without a device and without actually coding something, but they're using those skills to code or that they will need to be successful when coding. Computational thinking, everything I've ever looked up about it, because I was confused when I first got into this world about what exactly is it. And apparently it's all these different components. really get a mindset to be able to problem solve and be successful in encountering problems and um, what you can do to kind of break them up. So what I'm focusing on today, there are four components that I've found consistently when looking up computational thinking. Um, I'm just focusing on decomposition, which is breaking up big problems into smaller problems. So they're more manageable, like you chunk and chew something. And then (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit about pattern recognition, which just noticing patterns, which we can do in our real world now daily. So the two activities I kind of have come from ideas that I've taken and changed from code.org if you've heard of that before.
1: Oh yes, oh, <laughs> we yeah. Are familiar, we are familiar with code.org. We
0: are familiar, yes.
2: So the first unplugged activity I have um, kind of focuses around language arts. And for this unplugged activity, I focus on pattern recognition. So if you've ever read, um, I know you are a librarian, so you have read this. <laughs> Sure, um, but if you've ever read a story, such as "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie" by Laura Numeroff,
0: oh yeah, classic,
2: or really any of her stories, she definitely uses patterns throughout her entire story. So you come across lots of different books that use these patterns to help kids retain and comprehend what they're learning and they're reading. So one book that reminded me of um, patterns most is "Goldilocks and the Three Bears." Throughout the story of Goldilocks, she encounters different things that are to one thing, like hard, and then to another thing, like soft, and then just right. So while the adjectives change in the story, I notice that the first two adjectives are usually antonyms, so like hard and soft, or hot and cold, or big and small. And then the last adjective usually stays the same, or the last phrasing stays the same, and it's in just right. So taking the pattern one step further would be if you um, associated numbers or symbols to represent that pattern. For example, with my kids, I had them represent with pictures and they might draw a rock for hard, a feather for soft, and then a star for just right. So then the next time they encountered something like something too big, they might draw you know, a mountain, something too small, they might draw an ant, and then for the just right, they would continue to use that star. That would be the same symbol since it's the same phrasing.
0: That's such a clear way to link literacy and computational thinking. I love that because on our podcast, we're all about trying to link literacy and computer science. And that just, I'm, I'm picturing that pattern of the star for Just Right and the way everything connects that it's so clear. That's a great way to connect those two things. And it sounds fun and you can do it anywhere. Like you could be sitting in your backyard on a blanket working on your computational thinking skills with no device in hand. And you could even go backwards and have somebody write the code And then you have to tell the story that they wrote through code.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. One thing I kind of think I forget as an educator is that these problem solving skills aren't in addition to my instruction. They're embedded into our instruction. Mm, Yeah. right. And
1: and I think when we name them too, I mean, this is all so just computer science, right? (laughs) Um, So when we name these things that we're doing, breaking down a problem, doing things in order, Um, checking for conditions like that's all
2: computer science and we can translate it into all parts of our lives. I also so the last thing about patterns is that I notice patterns every day in routines we do like you know making your bed brushing your teeth people usually have a sequence that really makes sense for them and those patterns are seen all the time in the coding world Um, usually you don't have to reinvent the wheel you can use pre-existing code and tweak it or modify it to fit your individual needs. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, we were talking about that the other day, um,
1: being able to remix code and use it and learn about it and just make slight modifications to it to make it your own.
2: Yeah, I think that's one obstacle that a lot of people face when they want to get into coding or they want their child to get into coding. They're like, oh, well, it's going to be really tricky. It's going to be hard. And not to say that coding's easy, you know, coding's hard. I think that it ebbs and flows, right? It, it's easy and hard. And there are all these opportunities and all these tools to use to make it a little more accessible.
0: Sure. Yeah, low floor, high ceiling.
2: All but, right, so you're gonna wrap this up with a challenge, right? Yeah, so our challenge today is to think of a movie or a book that you've read recently. And I want you to picture in your mind where the movie or the book is taking place. And that's the setting of your movie or story. So your challenge today is building that setting of your movie or your story with household items kids need to make sure that they're using safe items and have guardian permission i just watched onward on disney plus and i was thinking that i if i were to build a setting one of the settings in the movie is at the manticore tavern and so i could use pots and pans from my house to build a tavern
0: Ooh, and then they can they can share a photo on our Padlet or with any of our social media pages. They could make a video. I'm again, Miss Ben. I'm thinking of your love of stop motion and oh,
1: how yeah.
0: cool it would be to create your setting and then have some sort of figure moving through it in stop motion. That'd be so neat. That would be. That would be awesome. Ooh, challenge has been thrown.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much yeah, for wow. sharing. This is so much information, but it's good information, and it's it's going to be very helpful for everybody yeah thank Thank you
2: this has been awesome
0: so i have a riddle to close things off today and if if you know the answer this the hardest part about the riddles if you know it you can't shout it into the microphone like i always want to do (laughs) (laughs) so here we go what word contains 26 letters but only has three syllables
1: I think I know it. Oh, you do already? Yes.
0: I thought that was such a good thinker that was going to keep everybody thinking over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, we hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Spend lots of time outside doing stuff that you want to do. And we will see you again next week. All
1: right. Thanks again, Joseph.
0: Yes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. See you next time.